Amen. Have a seat. Welcome here today. As Pastor Ken already said, it's great. I enjoy gathering with you today. My name is Fred, and I'm the pastor at Main Campus, and it's a privilege to be able to come and share with you today. We're excited about what God's doing um, all over our city and state, country, and world, and I'm excited about what God is doing in Sunnyside and here at Mountain View Sunnyside. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what God's doing and how he's working. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about how God has called us and given us the opportunity to partner with him in what he's doing. We're going to talk a little bit about giving and money. And you're thinking, what? Today? I know. How could you be so lucky to be here on a day like this, right? That's what you're thinking. Because it's going to be an awesome, encouraging thing. And one of the things in the midst of that, I know you got one of these last week. If you didn't pick one up, you should pick it up today. Um, it's God's Unstoppable Church, and it's a bit of a plan about what's happening with the building that we're looking at for you to gather in um, just down the road, um, two and a half roughly miles from here. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it, and I'd love to see it. And I'm a little ticked off that I haven't had a chance to see the building. Well, let me just set your heart at rest on that. Um, You get to see it at the housewarming on the 8th at 3 o'clock, and that'll be awesome. But just to be abundantly clear, at this point, I've seen the building. My wife, Esther, who's not here today, she's at main campus doing her thing there. Uh, She's seen the building. Uh, Pastor Ken's seen the building and um, our contractor, and that's it. So we are patiently waiting for the opportunity to get in and see the building at a broader sense and to show it to you. Um, So we're really looking forward to that on the 8th. And I encourage you to come. It's going to be awesome. So you look at this this brochure that we gave your handout last week, and there's there's a few different parts to it. One is, um, we're going to borrow $560,000 to pay for the building because the building is actually going to cost $1,162,000. There's no surprises in here. Everything's written down. Um, after the purchase price and fixing up a few things and making it uh, totally perfect for you, that's pretty much what it's going to cost. So you think, well, where are we going to get $1,162,000? I know, that's a great question. I asked myself that too. So we're going to borrow 560000 and you think, where did you come up with a number like 560000 Like, that's a bit random, isn't it? No, not at all, actually. That's the, uh, the payment on that amount is what we pay for y'all to be here in uh, Sunnyside High School. So uh, it's a complete kind of line across. So that was how we got that number, just so you know. And then we said, well... Sunnyside should come up with some, some money towards this building as well. So we set a goal, um, Pastor Ken and I together, of 60000 And that's going to come from the offering you're all going to take on the 22nd. Um, you're going to give towards the building. And some of it's going to be from that. Some of it's going to be from some fundraising that, that he's done. And we really believe that that's going to be part of a, an investment and a blessing. It's really good to give towards stuff that we do and receive, right? Like, you know, it's good for us to participate. And then the other 542000 um, that's going to come from, uh, from main campus. We're going to take an offering on that day as well and do a little fundraising and, uh, and raise the difference of the money. So we all participate together and we all do our part. And every part is valuable. We can't say that ours is more valuable than yours. Every part is valuable and every part makes a difference. So we're excited about what's going to happen. We're excited you moving in there. We're committed to that part of the city. We're committed to this part of the city. We're committed to the north. We're we're committed to the city. 
And we're excited that there is an opportunity for a building that you can be in all the time and use it to make a difference. So we rejoice with you in that. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, God's call on us and how we are part of an unstoppable church living a life of obedience with God's money. And there's a great passage that talks about that. And that offering's in 29 days. And, and you may think, why? Why is it like 29 days and talking about it now? Well, we all need a chance to plan and prepare, right? It's so much better when we have a chance to plan. But there's a passage in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. It says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. God's saying he's always the same. That is why you're to, you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you've scorned my decrees, failed to obey them. Now return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And the people ask, but you ask, how can we return to you when we've never gone away? And God responds, should people cheat God? You have cheated me. And the people respond, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And God responds, you have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and there'll be enough food in my temple if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I'll open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant and I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vines before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Tithing, giving a tenth back to the Lord, giving back to him of the things that he's given us. What really that is, is giving God a tenth, 10% of our income. And you know, as a, as a pastor, as someone who, who gets the blessing of sharing God's word and gathering with people, you know, people say, are you always, do you like talking about money? And I'm like, you know, it's kind of like talking about something that nobody wants to talk about, but it's really important to talk about. I talk about it because I really believe what the Bible says. And I really want you and me to live under God's open heaven of blessing. He says, trust me, test me, try me, and I'll open up the heavens. The opposite is living under a curse. And I want you to live under a blessing. I want to live under a blessing. And I'm going to say it again later, and I'm going to say it now. The blessing isn't just financial. There are so many amazing things in our lives that money can't buy. Can't buy health. Can't buy joy. Can't buy love. Can't buy fixing broken relationships. The blessing of living under God's open heaven, I believe, affects every part of our lives. And it's based on the fact that, secondly, it's a demonstration of a heart that trusts in God. We trust God. Money, materialism, it's an idol. The Bible talks about it as idolatry, as something that we worship. Whatever you and I look to as our salvation is our God. Whatever we look to to save us. We have a problem, I need money to solve this problem. Money's your savior. It's, if you think money is the most important thing in your life, and you hold it and hoard it, it gives you security, it gives you hope, it guards your future, it's your God. And you don't trust in God Almighty, the Lord of heaven's armies, as your provider. 
The devil comes and says, there's no way you can tithe. You can't give a tenth of your income to God. If you do, man, everything will collapse. You'll lose your house. You won't have enough food to eat. You won't have clothes. I mean, everything will fall apart. The devil is going to lie to you on every level about walking in obedience to God on every situation in your life. He is always going to lie to you. He's always going to try to stop you from obeying God. He's always going to try and stop you, particularly in something like this where God says, test me. I mean, I'm going to prove it to you. You're going to live under the blessings of God. I'll protect your, your crops. I'll protect everything that you have. I'll pour out a blessing so great upon you, you can't take it in. Why wouldn't the devil want to rob that from you? And he will lie to you deep in your soul. But we're talking about a God who loves us, who laid his life down for us. God sent his one and only son, Jesus to come and die on a cross for you and pay the penalty for your sins. He died in your place. He suffered and laid down his life for you. It's the love of God the Father seen in the cross. Your sins, my sins that we could never have paid for were forgiven on the cross. So when God looks at me and says, trust me in this, why would I say no? This is the God that loved me, that created me, that died for me, and rose again. Leviticus 27 says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. Exodus says, As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the Lord your God. And that's the challenge, right? It's to give from the beginning to the Lord. In my wallet here, I've got some money, and conveniently, I have 10 $1 bills. Here's the challenge. Think of this as representative of what God's placed in your hand. Now, a tithe would be one of these, just one. Aren't you glad God didn't say, don't, he didn't say, give me 11.2735%, and you had to figure it out all the time? He says, just like, out of every 10, I just want one. But here's what happens. We go, well, you know, i got to pay my mortgage. That's three of them. And then, you know, i got to pay, you know, utilities. We want to eat. That's three more. Um, I'm going to save one because I want to be responsible. i got two left. You know, we need to go out to eat, and we need to have some leisure. And they're gone. Literally, you get to the end of the month, and it's gone. And you can say, where did it go? I can tell you where it went. You spent it. Just like everyone else. But what if you did it this way? Okay, I got 10 of these. This first one I'm going to give to God. And that's what first giving means, tithing. It's like you take the first. I give this one to God. Now I'm going to pay my mortgage. Now I'm going to, you know, save one. We're going to buy some food and clothes. You know, like all of a sudden you get to the end of the month and you know what happens? It's all gone. Uh, Yeah, but you gave the first one to God. If we don't give the first one to God, there's no first one left at the end, and there's no last one. It's gone. That's why the Bible says, give from the beginning of what you have. I'm I'm grateful for my parents for lots of things um, that they taught me, and one of the things I'm really grateful for is my parents taught me from when I was really small to not trip over cords and pull stuff apart because that creates all manner of problems. They taught me to tithe. From when I was really, really small, I can still picture standing on the stool, getting up to the top drawer in my dresser, pulling it open, and taking the money that I had, and dropping in to the one that said, tithe, 10%, a tenth of what I got that I was going to take to church. I remember doing that. 
I consider myself most blessed that I didn't get to the point in my life where I had to say all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to start tithing. And some of you are there, you're thinking, man, if I started today and stepped over that line and started to have to give, how on earth would we make it? And I have people ask me that all the time. How would we make it? And you know what I tell them? I don't know. But I didn't write this either. I didn't say, test me. I didn't say, I'll prove it to you. I didn't say, I'll open the floodgates of heaven and take care of you. I didn't say that. I'm just reading it and living it in my life. We can sing songs about, you know, your heaven, heaven come, your kingdom come, for yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power, and you overcome fear. And then we're faced with one of the greatest fears of our lives that we're going to give from what God's given us back to him. And I'm saying step into that and believe God for it that he's going to do it. Let, it. let us not walk and live in fear. Let us walk and live in faith. Test me. Trust me. I'll prove it to you. This is the Lord of heaven's armies speaking. Okay, we'll pick up speed. It's a test. Tithing's a test. If you're faithful in little things, Jesus says in the book of Luke chapter 16, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? If we can't be trusted with the resources God puts in our hands, why would he trust us with eternal responsibilities? Money's not important to God. He, he owns everything. He can do what he wants. He cares about your heart, though. He wants to not be a priority in your life. He wants to be the priority. He wants to be number one. And he tests us around what we do with money. And it's so easy for it to be an idol. And you can come up with every excuse under heaven to explain why you don't tithe. But I believe it just comes down to the fact that we don't trust God, that he is faithful, he is true, and he is trustworthy, and that we put him firmly on the throne of our life. And the day will come when you'll have to explain it to Jesus. Because it's about obedience to the teaching of Jesus. It's not legalism. Jesus says in Luke 42, What sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. He's like, every little thing you get, you give a tenth. But you ignore justice and the love of God, which we should never do. And then Jesus says, you should tithe, yes. But do not neglect the most important things. Jesus has always taken the teaching of the Old Testament, making it more challenging, right? Don't murder, it says. But Jesus says, ah, no, no, no. You've heard that it said don't murder. You know what I'm telling you? Don't even be angry with someone. Don't commit adultery. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I, let me, you know what I want to say to you? Don't even look lustfully at someone. Jesus takes the, the command of tithing and says beyond that we should be generous. That's another talk. But he says we should be generous. We should give out of what we have. We should recognize that everything is God's and not ours. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have, Jesus says, will be taken away. Do you ever feel like your money's like you're walking around with, a, with put it in your pocket and you got holes in it, it just disappears? Jesus promises if we're faithful with it, he'll, he'll watch over what we have. And then he'll even give us more. 
So let's just say I'm going on a trip, just for the ease of round numbers, I want to leave Esther, my wife, uh, $10,000 a month, just so she's going to be okay. But I'm gone for a year, but I, I don't want to give it all to her at once. I want her to get it monthly, you know, ten grand a month. So I, I, I say, hey, Ken, can you, can you do me a favor? And, and, and I'm going to give you all this money, but I, I want you to give Esther $2,000 a month. Just every month, give her $2,000. He's like, yeah, no problem. I said, okay, here you go. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a, that's a really good idea, right, that I'm going to do. And then I look at Tim over there, and I say, Tim, can, I'm going to give you this money. I want you to give Esther $3,000 a month. Okay, just three grand a month. I want you to, to do that and give it to her. And, and then I go to TJ and I say, look, here's five grand. I want you to give her five grand a month. Here's all this money, just five grand a month for the next year you give it to her. I call Esther at the first month. She goes, it was great. Ken brought me two. Tim brought me three. TJ brought me five. It's awesome. I'm, I'm just killing it. It's, oh, it's great. Thanks. Month two, I'm talking to her. How'd it go? And she goes, oh, that's pretty good. You know, uh, Ken gave me a thousand. Really? Yeah, and you know, Tim gave me 2,500. TJ gave me five grand, though. Cool, okay. Month three. You know, um, Ken didn't give me any money. Really? Huh. Tim? Well, he gave me a thousand. How about TJ? Oh, he gave me five grand. Okay, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to take the money away from those two and give it all to TJ and say, you just give her the 10 grand. God owns everything. He places it in your hands. And you want it to grow and multiply and you want to have more. So you hold on to what God says is his. So you can manage it like you want. And then you ask God for more. And God says, you're not faithful with what I gave you. I gave you all of this. You get to keep, do it, manage 90% for me. I'm just saying this 10% do something with it. And God says, you're not faithful. You're not faithful. God calls us to faithfulness. And let's be clear, it's not about giving and getting, rather returning to God what is his. He owns everything. It's all God's. We have to get it in our mind. It's not our money. We may have worked, but who gave us the ability to work? We may have a job, but who actually gave us the job? We may have be really smart and be able to figure stuff out, but who placed us there? We presume on God's provision and feel like everything is ours and we've earned it ourselves and we can do what we want with it and God says it's so not true. He is just abundantly gracious and patient with us. But it belongs to God. So let's say I'm going on a trip and I say to Ken, hey Ken, I'll come swing by, pick you up. Can you just drop me off at the airport? You know, and I'll pick you up. And he says, yeah. So we, I pick him up. We go to the airport. We get out of the car, and I give him the keys. I say, here, just do whatever you want with my car. Have fun with it. You know, drive it around. Take, do whatever. I don't care. Just pick me up in a week. He's like, cool, that's great. So when a week comes, I come out. I walk out, you know, Fresno Air Terminal. I stand there, and Ken drives up. I hop in the car, and we drive to his house. And I'm dropping him off, and I'm taking my car and leaving. So I thank him for driving me. I give him a hug. And he goes, just before you leave, I'm like, yeah. He goes, one thing. I want to give you a gift. And I'm like, okay. He goes, here's the keys to a car. I'm like, this is my car. Yeah, yeah, I'm just giving you this car. I'm like, how can you give me my own car? No, no, here's the keys. I'm giving you a car. And I'm like, it's my car. And we go, God, here you go. Here's some money. I'm giving it to you. And God's like, uh, this is mine. I gave it to you. And we're like, no, no, God, you don't get it. I am sacrificially giving to you. And God's like, this is mine. I own everything. Tithing reminds us of that. It's a foundation of being a good money manager. No one can serve two masters, Jesus says. For you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. 
And we know that's true. We have to choose. And tithing reveals our heart. Sixthly, or seventhly, it, it funds the great commission and destroys the kingdom of, of Satan. I firmly believe that the devil doesn't want you to release resources back to God that he, as he asks us to because it funds what's happening here at Sunnyside. It funds a building that's going to be bought. It funds outreach and block parties. It funds stuff that all over the world, Elisa going back to Germany and planting a church in Erfurt. It funds kingdom expansion. And if the devil can get you to not fund the death of his kingdom, he will do it. And his greatest weapon is lies that cause fear. If you have fear around money and giving and tithing and trusting God, the enemy is winning and you've got to say no today and take back that ground. And it helps us live under a spirit of generosity, not pride or poverty. We'll talk more about that another day. To wrap up quickly, the foundational principles of tithing from Malachi are God never changes. What he called us to in the Old Testament, he only reiterates in the New. God is the same. We're called to bring the whole tithe into God's house. We believe in storehouse giving. We believe we give to the church a tenth of what we receive and we give offerings to other places. We believe that that's the heart of God. We don't tithe. If we don't, we're robbing God and we live under a curse. And I believe God wants to set us free today. I've spent 50 years, over 50 years of, of planting seeds of tithing and generosity, and I, I'm reaping a harvest. I feel it in my life. And I'm saying God's calling you to be all in today, not part in. Don't say, well, you know what? I'm going to start with a 3% tithe. Tithing is 10%. There's no such thing as a 3% tithe. That's 3%. It's sort of like saying, you know, I'm a bank robber. I rob 10 banks a month. But I know it's not good. I'm a, so I'm going to cut back to five. You're still robbing banks. You're still robbing banks if you cut back to one. And God says, you shouldn't rob me. Bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. And again, I would say it's clergy malpractice to not challenge you in this today. And when we do tithe, we're blessed by God. The curse is removed. The heavens are opened and the devourer is rebuked. And I believe that. I believe that. I've got four kids, and um, one of them's to get married soon. One's already married, and, and when she got married, you know, you, you know, as a dad, you walk them down the aisle, and you know what you literally do? You give them away. Like, you're not, like, loaning them, right? So I told my son-in-law, I'll never give you advice unless you ask, because I'm not your father. And uh, so far, I've managed to maintain that. been difficult sometimes, but... Um, not because of him, but because, you know, all of us like to give advice. Um, but I told him three things before he got married that were really critical for me, for him. And uh, one of them was, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm almost begging you to tithe. I said, I've spent my whole life living under the blessing of God in his open heaven. And the devourer has been rebuked in my life. The curses are broken. I've placed my wife under that when we got married because we've tithed together. I've placed my children on it, and I'm giving you my daughter who has lived her whole life only knowing the blessings of God. And I am asking you, I am begging you, just, may she just live there her whole life. Just, just tithe. Place yourself under the open heaven. 
that the devourer is rebuked, that you live under the blessings of God. And I'll invite the worship team to come. And as we close, I would say the same thing to you. I'm asking you, I'm, I'm begging you, place yourself in the place under God's blessing. You know, literally, God doesn't need your money, but you know what he wants is your heart. And you can't serve two masters. And how you deal with, use, and, and release your resources reflects what's going on in your heart. And I'm asking you to say yes to Jesus in that today. For the sake of the kingdom. For the sake of your life and your heart and your family and your soul. Let's stand and pray together. Father, we come into your presence because of Jesus. And we thank you that you're a good God and, and that you love us and your plans for us are good. And I pray that you, you bring freedom to us today to trust you with the resources you've placed in our hands. As we think about God putting things in our hands, let's turn our hands upside down so every, anything that was in them would fall out. We stand here with hands turned down and, and, and we, we curse, we stand against the lies of Satan that would seek to hold us in bondage around our money. We stand against that. We curse it in Jesus' name. We stand against fear in Jesus' name controlling our money in Jesus' name. We stand against materialism and, and the God, the, the idol of money that seeks to hold us in bondage. We recognize we can't serve two masters, so we let that go. We let go of all the excuses around why we don't give and don't trust you and don't believe that you're our provider. Let's turn our hands over to receive. We turn our hands over to receive the truth from you, that you're a good father that you love us, your children, that you're our provider, that you give us every good and perfect thing, that you will not let us go without, that if we tithe, if we give you a tenth of what we have, you open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing upon us that's so great we can't even take it in. And we receive that today. Give us faith instead of fear. We repent of where we have lived in fear and we ask for faith today. Give us eyes to see what you're doing and how you're working. And in that, we believe you'll provide us with resources and jobs and better jobs and all the things that we need to accomplish the things that you have for us to do because you're good. And we receive that from you as a good father today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say if you're here today and you hear all this and you think, man, that is really interesting, but you've yet to actually meet Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life, to be your savior, to be the leader of your life, forgive you of your sins. I wanna encourage you and challenge you to say yes to Jesus today. So three things. First, God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place and pay the penalty for your sins. And two, it's true, there's sin in your life and it separates you from God. But the answer is Jesus. So three, you can choose individually right now to say yes to Jesus today. And he's calling you. And if that's you and you're here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, forgive you of your sins and be your savior, the leader of your life, I just want you to look at me right now, raise your hand, and when we close, someone's gonna pray with you and you're gonna meet Jesus. Is there anyone like that here? You're here to meet Jesus right now? For the rest of us, as we close, I'm a firm believer in, 
letting God know and the, and the devil know and other people know where we stand. And I'm just saying, let's, let's just take a moment as we worship. You can come, you can stand, you can kneel. Let's just recommit. Let's come to the front, just recommit that we are going to give to the Lord a tenth of what he's given us. We're going to trust him as our provider, as our good father. We're going to live under the open heaven. We're going to test him in this. We're either going to start doing it or we're just going to say, God, I've been doing it and I'm just reaffirming I'm going to keep doing it. Let's respond to the Lord as we worship.